0: Conquering through sacrifice, and as they crucify, Yeah. yeah. I love you
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Do you like your doctor to look like a doctor? When you make your first visit to meet your new GP, do you have an image in mind? Hair graying slightly at the temples, smart glasses to look wise and intelligent, and old enough to know what to do, but not so old that you wonder if they've maybe lost it a bit, if they've kept up. So you go into the surgery, and you open the door, and it turns out she's all of those things. And you feel pretty Relaxed. I used to not want to look like a minister. The cliched stereotype, grey suit, bicycle clips, and a slight air of distracted self-importance. I remember when the Reverend Mark Nicholas of Gore Bridge Parish Church came to speak to our men's group. He arrived in squeaky leathers on the back of a 750 Honda. So cool. Now that's an image. That was not what we were expecting at all. The traditional mould shattered. My approach to breaking out of the traditional image was to go for scruffy. Nothing changes, I hear you say. How dare you? But that could sometimes have repercussions. I remember one day walking the dog uh, down the hill to the beach in Dunbar and I couldn't find the dog lead so I just had a piece of string attached to his collar and it was a very drift, damp November day in Dunbar and so naturally I was wearing my long khaki ex-army surplus greatcoat and a pair of black wellies walking down the road and there was a car coming up the hill and the passenger said to the driver Oh dear, look at that sad old Dosser there with his dog and a string. I didn't think you had people like that in Dunbar. <laughs> oh, that's our new minister, said the elder who was driving. <laughs> On another occasion, I called at the big house where, out uh, in Spot, fabulous big house where the organist lived. And he had another visitor that day who took one look at me as I arrived in my ragged jeans and favourite old sweater and mistook me for the gardener which when you knew the state of my garden was a new definition of irony to be honest but rightly or wrongly I thought it was important to to break out of the stereotypes for with them came impressions and caricatures that were not helpful we all know what ministers are like just look at them and you can tell a bit vanilla, a bit Dull, a bit hunkered down, a bit inhibited and out of touch, and a bit conventional and safe, not embracing life, loving life, alive and culturally aware. And certainly when you look at the photographs in the vestry of many a church in Scotland, there's a gallery of the previous incumbents to the charge and they do seem a pretty stern and unapproachable bunch taking themselves pretty seriously our image of ourself is quite important to us not least our body image though I gather men and women have a different approach to this partly women who catch their reflection in a shop window as they go by go oh my goodness I'm getting really fat men who catch their reflection in a shop window suck in their breath and say yep, yeah, still got it Still got it. But image, the right image, has become very important to young people. How you dress, how you comport yourself. Body image, a whole debate. Body positive social media campaigns have sought to combat people getting too uptight about their body image. The Dove campaign for real beauty revealed that 96% of women Do not choose the word word beautiful to describe how they look. 96%. There are expectations, there are pressures, needs for campaigns to affirm that it's okay to be okay about your image of yourself. Religion has always had a lot to say about images. Right at the core of the Ten Commandments, do not make any graven images. In Islam, the whole thrust of Islamic art is to avoid and eschew images at all, especially of people. And when you see the ingenuity of the Islamic artists using shape and geometry to make things beautiful, you appreciate that they will never exhaust the infinity of possibilities and ideas they'll just make sure that they avoid images Hinduism on the other hand has a different approach there's no hesitation about the religious furniture that they have in their homes and in their places of worship very definitely images of their gods, their many gods as we saw from our Old Testament lesson, Judaism abhors images and always has For intellectual reasons as well as on religious grounds. The images of the pagan gods who dotted the ancient Near East represented bad thinking and perpetrated the lie that there were other gods, for by the living God of Israel. How nonsensical the Jews thought to worship, or even seemed to worship, something someone's made. The gods that are made of silver and gold, formed by human hands, they have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. And noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. And feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound. May all who made them, says the psalmist, all who trust in them, become like the idols they have made. A psalmist with incredulity in every sentence puzzles over these graven images which seemed immensely easy-going in their moral demand and wonderfully portable in their convenience. And yet, despite these reservations, the attraction of idol worship seemed magnetic to generations of Jews. They found these easy-going gods much more Amenable, far less restrictive and demanding than the inconvenient God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And time after time they went whoring after these false pocket sized deities and turned their back on the living God. And against this the prophets railed and thundered and called the people back to the truth. Western art. Hasn't hesitated to envisage and present the Christian idea of God. The walls of countless cathedrals, the ceilings of many, many churches are arrayed with amazing artistic representations of what what the painter has in his or her mind about God, his nature and his deeds. The Protestant reformers were not always so at ease with that, but instead rampaged around Europe in an orgy of unrestrained, iconoclastic vandalism that they called purification, as they removed anything that looked like a graven image or an idol in any church or cathedral or university. Isis are not the first to destroy great art in the interests of religious zeal. That goes back a long way. But those dark episodes, notwithstanding, Christian art has dominated Western artistic development and Christian imagery has featured significantly as a theme of works of art for 2,000 years. And we're mostly okay with it. Sometimes we go into a church and it seems a bit too much. And we sometimes wonder what these works of art are telling us about the Jesus they portray. What vision of God lies behind the the giant fresco? Is it truth that underlies the artwork? Is it a helpful pointer to the reality of the nature of God? Or are we being misled? When we see, for instance, Jesus portrayed as a white, long-haired, blue-eyed, cheesecloth-wearing shepherd holding a trembling lamb, Will the real Jesus of Nazareth please stand up? And what image of God have we gleaned from our encounters with Christian art, poetry, architecture and music? A stern Victorian God, interested in his power and his prerogatives? A meek and mild keeper of the peace, who will offend no one and ask nothing of us other than that we try and be nice to people? How have the images we've grown up been misleading have made God too harsh or too accommodating? Too terrifying to come close to? Or too benign to be bothered with? It's a significant issue because there are people who shy away from any encounter with God because their image of him is of an angry, malevolent, judgmental, harsh, aloof, Distant being, judgmental, who will have no place in his heart if he had a heart at all for people like them. Who have done the things that they've done and are the person that they are. If we've been taught to imagine a God to be feared above all things rather than respected or loved, our impulse is to hide from the burning white heat of his wrath. Because people have told us what he's like and they've told us he doesn't like people like us. There are categories of people he wants nothing to do with. If that's our image of him, that will create distortion. Equally, if our image of God is of some bunny rabbit deity who cares not a jot about how we live or how we order the world a God who'll forgive us because that's his job after all, and we don't really need to give him allegiance or worship or honor, because he's, he's actually a bit of a pussycat and a pushover, then that lazy thinking, that image will allow us to imagine, to kid ourselves on that really none of this religion thing matters all that much anyway, and we can ignore him, wreck his world, make jokes about him with impunity. Just as mistaken an image. Just as big a mistake. The New Testament tells us that if we want to avoid a a skewed and inaccurate understanding of God, if we want to get beyond approximate images, there's only one way. Only one way to see the nature and the character of God. And Paul assures the Colossians that Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. And this is the unique claim of Christianity, make no mistake. Don't imagine what God might be like, what he might think, what he might want of us. Look to Christ. See his heart of compassion, his solidarity with the weak and the broken, His call to us to surrender our heart and mind and will and soul to God. His self-giving love. His passion for truth. His wide, wide heart. Listen to his words. See his priorities, for they are God's priorities and they are God's words. So it's there for us to see understand and respond to not a God made in our image but the one who comes to show us the Father and take us beyond all the approximate images to the very heart of God in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen We sing the beautiful hymn, Such Love, in preparation for communion. We'll hear the tune played through and then we'll stand to sing, Such Love.